Welcome to the Practical Ascension Podcast. I'm your host and soul alchemist, Tracy Goody. Stay with me for practical guidance and flow for your modern life through this time of ascension. Today on the Practical Ascension Podcast, I am joined by inner peace alchemist and healer, Terry Goslin. Terry offers a compassionate, gentle, and encouraging approach to help women who have suffered great loss, whether it be loss of a loved one, loss of self, or loss of passion, truly embrace their authenticity at their soul essence, enabling them to discover their strength within, to persevere, heal from the inside out, and find a deeper inner peace. Her mission is to help as many women as possible feel safe to share their authenticity, receive their gentle encouragement and guidance they need, know their value and worth, and understand that they are stronger than they know and can truly live a life after loss. Terry, I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Tracy. I am so excited to be here talking with you this morning. Yay. And I know this is a huge topic. And I mean, you see this, um, you see a lot of people all over Facebook and kind of a lot of people I find don't really know how to process their grief. And they're kind of like trying to reach out for help. And um, I really love your approach to this. So I'm excited to dive in. And before we get too far into it, I'd love to hear more about your journey and how unprocessed grief has really played a role for you. Absolutely. So my grief journey um, began actually we're approaching the 11 year mark. Mm -hmm. Um, My younger brother passed away suddenly um, three weeks before my wedding day um, in 2008. And um, this was obviously a shock. And having not experienced much grief in my life at that point, um, to lose your younger brother so suddenly. Mm -hmm. um, And when you're in this state of excitement and bliss for your next chapter, it's truly um, something that is just so, you you can't even explain it. Mm. (laughs) I mean, it was just um, really, really, really um, a very difficult time Um, and one where um, we continue to encounter in that first year of marriage, I still went on to, to get married, have additional pieces of loss kind of follow us through that Mm. journey. So it was really probably the most difficult year of my life at that point. Um, And thankfully, my my husband and I were coming up on 11 years of marriage. So congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's interesting. So I um, found a pattern, actually, you know, life is, is life. And so there's ups and downs. And I, in my journey over these last 11 years, many of the highest moments of my life have been accompanied by significant loss. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, two years after we got married, um, I had my first son. And two weeks later, suddenly, my grandfather passed away. And, of course, it was the day after my brother's birthday. (laughs) Oh my so, goodness, just all yeah. connected, like I have goosebumps, the connections there. It, it, it's, and it, and it's, it's been like that literally for the last 11 years, but mm-hmm. um, during this journey, um, you know, because life continues to move on, even if you haven't because of losing a loved one, um, you have no choice but to kind of like keep going. Mm-hmm. And I love resilience for, for that, but it's also if you haven't taken the time to truly feel uh, your emotions and kind of 
grapple with them and then, you know, go through the stages of grief, um, which, you know, go not one through five. They're all over the place, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But I found that I was never able to come to the acceptance phase. Mm -hmm. And so um, probably about four or five years ago, um, I knew I needed something, some help. (laughs) Um, And so I, I took that opportunity to reach out and I started seeing a licensed professional counselor mm-hmm. to kind of start working through things and I was finding as things were coming up that I had buried a lot of emotion yeah. um, the, the the stress of it and then um, what it was doing had taken a significant toll on me so I was in an, um, a constant state of anxiety I was going through these waves of depression um, off and on, especially after having both of my kids, um, postpartum depression was very um, prevalent for me mm-hmm. because I had, had all these, harbored all these deep-rooted grief emotions and just chose to continue to bury them deeper and deeper and deeper. And inside, I, I was becoming like a shell. Mm. I, I, you know, I had a beautiful family. I had a wonderful job. I had everything seemingly on the outside was going like perfectly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And everything I'd always dreamed of was really how my life was manifesting. Um, Except I was just not who I thought I was anymore. I had no idea who I was. I, um, it it was really, 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 really interesting um, to kind of go through the motions of life Mm -hmm. and just not even really be able to experience the moment, the presence of the moment. I just lost sight of that. So, and with that, I just, I I felt like, you know, I I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I didn't know who I was here to be. I I knew I loved my family, but I just, I felt like a robot, if that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, I told like I've been there. I I have three kids. I was at that place as well. Yeah. 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 And, and so Um, In 2016, I had a massive health scare. Um, Mm -hmm. After seeing some signs from my brother, um, my journey has also incorporated some spiritual things over the course of it, um, where I I met with a medium, and he's come through a number of times uh, through the medium, and learned that one of the signs he sends are dragonflies. And in 20, I know, and it's so beautiful, and I love Mm. like the symbolism of a dragonfly too. Yeah, it was just this was like literally the catalyst for the next phase. And so um, I decided that I I had this after, you know, I'd been working with the, um, the, the counselor and doing some other work. I was, I was like, you know what, there's more, there's more to life. I don't want to be this anymore. I don't know who this is. This Mm -hmm. is not who I am. And because I, what on the, um, I, it was a health scare for cancer mm-hmm. and I'm grateful I didn't have cancer. Um, and with that, I took that out. This is the sign that I need to take charge of my life. Yep. I need to reclaim it. And so I started on this deep dive and into this next phase and, um, really started to heal those deep wounds. And it's been a, a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last few years and a lot of deep inner work. Um, but recognizing those, those signs from the beginning really helped kind of push this forward. Wow. 
Mm. So, so many areas I, I want to kind of spiral out on, but I'm, I'm going to try and stay right on topic here. And sure. I have a, a few other questions that kind of popped into my mind, but um, I think that your story too is one that so many people can relate to. And, you know, maybe not exactly right before their wedding and things like that, but just in the way that, um, like you said, the life is still continuing to go on. These other big yeah. moments are still happening. Um, but then all these conflicting feelings make it hard. And a lot of people, I think they do go to kind of pushing it down because they don't know how to deal with it. Like it's just, it's too much, I yes. think. The mm. overwhelm of it all is yes. It, 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 it literally could kill you if you, mm. you keep going exactly. in that manner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's easier at the end of the day and mm -hmm. it feels safer. Mm. It feels safer to push it down instead of letting it to, to bubble and like have to confront them. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why I think, yeah, a lot of people do it, myself included. And now I know that that is definitely not the answer. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But this is why it's important for the work that you're doing and the people yeah. that are doing kind of similar work too, where it's it's so important that people are aware that there is another way and they're, you know, they're, not everybody's going to grieve in the same way, but there's always going to be an opportunity for healing in there, which is so fantastic to see you doing this work too. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So what are some of the surface level symptoms? Um, and I know you kind of touched on that a little bit too, how they came up for you with a lot yes. of depression and anxiety. What are, what are some of these symptoms that somebody might notice if they have unprocessed grief? Absolutely. So some of the symptoms they may notice is that um, they might feel an over emotion over mm. situations or things that come up that wouldn't necessarily warrant that kind of reaction. Right. Yes. Um, this kind of anger or bitterness, um, which then can spiral into overwhelm, stress, anxiety, even blame, mm. um, blaming others for things, blaming themselves, um, kind of going into this negative spiral. Um, then internally, again, they might feel empty. They might mm. feel this kind of not sure what they're doing, kind of no, like self-worth is low, mm -hmm. um, and which in turn their, their love for their self is low, and it's hard to even yeah. figure out how to, to come back to that. Or even want to heal. Like I know that exactly. myself in my times of like depression, like I, I've even had them like during my spiritual journey when I'm like, I know the steps to take, I know the tools to use, but I don't want to do it for myself. So I'm just going to watch Netflix for a while until I can get the strength yeah. to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier to, to do it that way. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of other things. Um, and I think part of that too, with, with what you were mentioning is maybe a guilt factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in particular, when you've lost a loved one, if you choose, if you make the choice to start healing, sometimes you feel mm. guilty that maybe you're going to forget them or you're doing a disservice to that loved one, even though more often than not, that loved one would not want you to be living your life in this way where you're so upset and in pain. Mm. And so um, guilt is a huge thing. And that was something I also had to work through personally. And then another thing which is interesting is, um, of course, taking to unhealthy habits for coping. Yes. Yeah. Um, personally, I went through um, a shopping mm -hmm. addiction, yeah. and this was my way to, if I was sad or upset or angry, I would go buy something, mm -hmm. um, order something, and feel good in that moment, but it never really satisfied anything except mm -hmm. have an overflowing closet. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
So, um, so those are some of the, the um, surface level things that one might start to see in their life that then they can start recognizing maybe a pattern. Mm. And if, for example, if they decided to, um, you know, if they're a journaler, they might take to their journal and notice like what emotion they might be in at that moment and mm -hmm. see what they're, what, what they're doing or how they're reacting or what's coming up for them. And then of course, looking at the pattern over time to see that, oh, okay, this is, I, this is something I might need additional assistance with, or I might need to go talk with someone about. That's powerful. And it's, it's interesting what, the way you're talking about it. And I can see how, and this is kind of a curveball, something I hadn't planned to talk to you about, but um, I can see how it would um, apply to grown-ups as well. But as you're talking about it, I can even see some unprocessed grief in my daughter, um, yes. who's 11 years old, and she lost her grandfather, who she was close with, about 18 mm. months ago. And still now, and we work through it, and we do tapping, and I encourage her to journal and stuff like that. Um, but she is, you know, very, very sensitive, and she still, yeah. I, I still see a lot of those symptoms in her. Um, so that's, that's interesting to me to, to see how that applies to her as well. Absolutely. And that's, it's so interesting because a lot of the work that I do is also with inner child healing. You know, yes. at, there's so many things that bubble up um, from our childhood that we might not even realize. And oftentimes yeah. you suppress it, but it's mm -hmm. such a pivotal point of how you actually, you know, move into adulthood and how you handle situations and how you um, move forward. And so if you haven't addressed some of those things without even realizing um, mm. then they might come back to resurface. So actually, since you've noticed that patterning, it might be something that you can even dive deeper in with her mm. um, to start working through so it's not something later on that could exactly. really impact her in a, in a different way. Mm. And I wonder, too, if it would kind of, um, like when, as you're talking about that inner child work, if it would mm -hmm. kind of have a compound effect, too, that say you had a significant loss when you were a child and then didn't process that, Later in life, whenever you have another significant loss, you know, it would pull all that up again and just kind yeah. of expand that even further and make it even trickier to, to be moving through. Absolutely. I think, mm. um, I think that that's absolutely true. And I've even seen it um, in, you know, my 10-year my or 11-year journey at this point mm -hmm. um, that because actually over the last two years as I've done this deep inner healing work, there have been four or five people that I've lost that have meant had meaning in my life mm. um and it's interesting because it was I was I don't really love this word but triggered yeah <laughs> um yeah. back to a lot of the things I was going through when my brother passed away mm. and interestingly enough each of these passings brought up something else that another layer that needed to be healed yes and that yes. and so it's just really really interesting and and I completely agree so that that can do that over an 11 year span as an adult Mm. Um, having the same situation happen from childhood to adulthood is 100% um, something that would likely happen. Interesting. This has got me thinking on a lot of different, <laughs> a lot of different <laughs> levels now. Um, so continuing on here, your journey's taken you to some pretty heavy places as we've looked at, and you've come out on the other side in a really inspirational way. So I wonder how self-care has been a part of that process for you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Self-care has been a huge process. Um, it's so interesting. Um, as I look at, as I look back at this, I mean, even acknowledging my shopping addiction at that time, that was self-care for me. Mm, that was, yes. that was helping me through 
my emotions and what I was feeling. And um, I didn't put judgment on it at that time. And I still don't. I look back and I, it served its purpose. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody, um, you know, there's self-care for everybody and it looks different for everybody. You know, there are a lot of um, things that come up and be like, okay, we'll do meditation or maybe self-care is getting a pedicure. I mean, it's, it's varied, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think it can look different on any given day for any given person. Right. And so in my experience, um, I've used all of it. I mean, obviously, the, the shopping I mentioned, I love myself a latte with um, a pedicure. It's one of my favorite things to do, especially nice. now that I have kids. Mm. Uh, I love to, you know, steal away a, a couple of moments to myself. But I've also found even just taking five minutes to do a deep breathing exercise and bringing myself back into the very moment and awareness, it really is able to then release any anxiety that might be creeping up because, you know, that's forward thinking. Mm. And, um, and, and then even if I'm dwelling on something from the past where I'm really upset over something, just allowing myself that time to breathe, especially in nature, um, really kind of brings me back to myself, grounds me back into that moment, and allows me to see the gratitude um, of what I have now in this mm. life and all of the beauty that is surrounded by me. Um, I love that, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that, um, you know, everybody has uh, different things that work for them, and I would never kind of prescribe any one thing. I think people have to experiment and see what works best for them. But at the end of the day, um, any self-care you give is a, the deepest level of self-love you can give yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and prioritizing and being intentional with it is key. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I can't fit self-care in. You know, I'm busy. I have to take the kids here. I have to work or do all those things. And everyone's busy. Everybody has those experiences. But I think, you know, each day you can probably find five minutes, even if it's driving, or mm -hmm. in the bathroom if you get five minutes to yourself alone. <laughs> hundred, like that's my go-to. And this, I'm happy you're bringing this up because this is something I address a lot of the time is uh, making that time for self-care and spirituality. And like, I mean, I started my spiritual journey when I had a newborn, a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Like yeah. if I can find time for it and I can lock the bathroom door for five minutes and put on earbuds, then the little fingers under the door, I just turn my back. I know somebody yeah. else is out there with them. Like if... If I can have time to do it then, and it's the same now, like, I mean, it gets yeah. busy, but it's not, um, one, one thing that I kind of compare is going out, um, say going out to nature for an hour long meditation or going into the bathroom to put your earbuds on for five minutes, both of them have value. So it's not like yeah. saying, well, if I can't get out to do it and I can't fully commit to it, I won't bother anything you can do is good. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. It's like you don't need to put a timing amount, amount of time on mm -hmm. it or anything. It's really just setting the intention that you're going to take some time for yourself because, yeah. and I love this analogy, you know, it's, it's really one of those um, things that kind of hit home when I really thought about it is that when, I, when you're on an airplane, they always tell you you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you help someone else. And yes. so self-care is your oxygen mask. You have to implement that and integrate it into your daily life so that you can care for everybody else. Absolutely. And I think that too, what kind of tying in what we talked about earlier, um, I feel like sometimes people have um, resistance to the self-care because of yes. a guilt or because of a, um, because of something unprocessed that they're dealing with too. So it's another reason that as you're kind of going into that healing process, 
you can open up to that self-care for the people out there that find they are too resistant to, um, to allow that self-care every day or as often as possible. Absolutely. And it's just a, a reminder that everyone is safe to to experience self-care and give themselves that love they are worthy and valuable and that it's so important Mm, so true so now a question that i ask all of my guests and this has been our entire conversation pretty well but a time right (laughs) it's because you're you're an alchemist too so we really vibe on that level but um a time when you created um just happiness alchemy in your life when you ascended whenever you moved and changed a struggle into an opportunity yeah, so I would I would go back to in 2016 when I thought of um, my health scare after everything that this was kind of the turning point yeah. to shift into this that there's life to live mm. and I want to make the most of it, especially to show my children that yeah. you know I went after my dreams and it's so interesting that um, so I have a tattoo on my foot in memory of my brother mm-hmm. and in it is, um, so my family is Italian and Irish, but um, I have an Italian quote, and it says, live your dreams. And I, um, it, it's actually intertwined because my brother would always, he quoted movies all the time. Mm-hmm. And he loved wedding crashers. Yes. And he would always just be like, Tear, I'm just living the dream. <laughs> and so I put that on here as um, something to remember that by. And I really took stock of that in 2016. I'm like, now it's time. Now it's time mm. to show myself and my kids that you can live your dreams. And yeah. so I didn't know what that looked like exactly, but I just continued to follow that um, intuition that told me that there was something more, mm. that there was something more to this life and there was something more that I was meant to do here. And so um, I started the creation of, um, you know, it, it's kind of gone through a couple of uh, transformations, yeah. but um, as an inner peace alchemist and working mm-hmm. with people to um, know that they're safe to work through their unprocessed grief and, and that there's love at the end of the day that, um, of course, you can never push someone into that. But w- they have to be ready to take that step and really do the deep inner work and inner healing. But since shifting into that, that has been the happiest I have been, I mean, going through my own healing journey intensely the last couple of years and creating this business out of it. Um, has just opened my soul in new ways. Mm. And it's so interesting. I never would have thought that this was my calling or purpose in life. Right, yeah. Um, And, you know, using my experience um, and and the journey that I've been on to help others, it just shows how, um, you know, source and uh, spirits and everything work in interesting ways and that this was likely always my life plan. Mm. Um, and so now recognizing and stepping fully into it has been um, something that's been absolutely beautiful. Wow. And what's interesting too, what I notice is I'm noticing a common theme whenever I mm-hmm. ask that question pretty often. Uh-huh. Every, almost every answer starts with a time of trust, like yeah. just of not really knowing what it meant, but just knowing that it was time to trust and to kind of start shifting into something else. Um, 
and there's like there's like this intuitive theme or this trust theme but I'm noticing that the more I'm asking this question to more people that seems to be the biggest thing like it is it's like the divine it's like the universe is kind of yeah. like showering us with these opportunities to make that choice and then finally when we decide yeah you know what I am I am going to be open to that that's when things start to really spiral um, into that more expansive more fulfilling more um, healed direction Absolutely. It's always, it, it is 100% about the trust and mm. choosing, choosing to, to trust. Yes. Um, yes. It's not choice. always easy to do, <laughs> but choice, the, everyone has a choice for everything. Yeah. And, um, I'm, you know, having awareness around that is huge. Mm. So what are you working on right now? Because I know people are going to want to check you out. And those that are resonating with your message, I 100% um, recommend you check out what Terry's up to. But what are you working on right now? And where can listeners go to find you? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Um, so I am doing, I'm working on two things at the moment. One, in for the month of May, um, I kicked off a live journaling challenge in my Facebook group. And I had this nudge a few weeks ago, and I wasn't sure <clears throat> whether I'd be up for it because I'm kind of an introvert. And going live daily is not something that's easy for me. <laughs> it's a stretch. Yeah, I, I, stretch. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I um, had this nudge, and I was like, I'm going to do it. I mm -hmm. am going to do whatever comes out, comes out, and that's what's supposed to happen. And I am now, today is day 10, and mm -hmm. I've gone live every day, and it's been a fascinating journey. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I start journaling every morning, and then I go live, and then sometimes it just, it's completely just literally live journaling. I haven't written anything, and it's gone through really deep themes of trust mm. that come up, intuition, allowing uh, your emotions to, um, to feel um, high, there's celebrations, there's gratitude. And then the other day I had an emotional low and I cried on camera and just oh, shared like, you. We're, we're I say, oh, that's wonderful. But yeah, <laughs> no, but it, it's true yeah. because we're yeah. all in this human experience. Mm. And so I almost didn't go live that day because I was um, almost putting judgment on myself and what I thought others might think. And I'm like, you know what? Stop that, that thought process and shift into that this is a message that you need to share. Yes. Yeah. So I've been doing that. And I, this was also really, um, I think, big on my heart because this is the anniversary month of my brother's passing. So mm -hmm. I think that this is a huge step in my own healing journey because I would never have done this um, mm. before now. So I, I have it. that. So if anyone resonates with that, I'd love to invite you to join my group over at the Authentic Strength Warriors on Perfect. Facebook. Yeah, um, and I'll and link then, that below too. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. And then um, I actually, this week has been an amazing week. I've actually um, like divinely downloaded this most beautiful one-on-one -on -one program called The Journey to Inner Peace. And it kind of ties in elemental alchemy and mm. the trinity of faith, trust, and support. Um, and basically, it's this divine six-month journey to uh, transmute energy around unprocessed grief and related traumas, heal the wounds from the inner child, and open your world to consciousness, as well as identify tools that expand your heart and soul to a deeper love for yourself, cultivate joy, and instill a deep inner peace to live the most beautiful life after loss. Mm. And so um, I'm super excited. I will be rolling that out in more detail in the next coming weeks but if anyone's interested I'd love to chat about it yeah that sounds very transformative I can see like I mean as I'm as I'm talking sometimes whenever I am listening um, 
especially whenever I'm listening audio only to people I'm interviewing, I'll, my eyes will close. And just the visual that comes through as you're talking about that program feels so hard expansive and so beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's, that Thank sounds really, really wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, yeah. It literally flowed through me. So mm. I only, I know 100% that the divine um, helped, you know, I was their channel basically. And so yeah. it's absolutely amazing and beautiful and I'm just so excited about it. Oh, that's perfect. So yeah, uh, so I'm going to put all those links below and then um, people could reach out to you and connect with you on Facebook um, if they yes. want to message you there or? Absolutely. Yeah, Facebook, perfect. I'm also on Instagram um, at Terry Gosselin Coaching. You can DM me or connect with me there as well. Great, great, awesome. Um, so now as we're wrapping up, is there anything else that you feel our listeners should know? Yeah, so I just want to extend some gratitude um, for having and, and tuning into this journey with me. But I just wanted to share um, to be gentle with yourself. Allow yourself time and space to feel through your emotions as you navigate difficult pieces in your life and ask for help. It's safe to ask for help if you feel you're ready to embark on a deeper healing journey. Um, I'm holding space for all of you and um, I hope you have the most beautiful day. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to check out practicalascension.com for your free membership, access to guided journeys, energy healings, activations, and more to deepen your practical ascension experience. And grab that all in the show notes below. Have an amazing day.